The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. You heard it. That's right. This is the College Basketball Dream Podcast Edition. I'm Brad Powers alongside A.J. Hoffman. We got Sleepy J again in the house producing and giving a little tidbits as far as his handicaps go. This is Valentine's Day that we are recording this. And, you know, this is Valentine's Day evening, actually. So give a little props to both Sleepy and A.J. For, for working a little bit of the evening shift here. I'm single. I can do whatever the hell I want. So It's going to make a sexy scar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe in your relationship if you don't take care of the significant other. But uh, anyways, as far as this podcast goes, we're going to go over the big key games on both Saturday and Sunday for the upcoming weekend. The biggest game, of course, being Kentucky-Tennessee. And I got here's a little tease for you guys. This will be the biggest disagreement in dream podcast history. We have four pros with a handicap on this game. Two pros like one side, two pros like the other side. A.J. Hoffman's going to back clean up in that game, Tennessee, Kentucky, with a best bet. Stay tuned for that one. That'll be one of the last games we discuss at the end of the podcast. I guess, you know, unless anyone has any objections, uh, let's start it off hot and heavy and get right into the games. Any objections out there? Let's do it. All right, we're going to start it off on a Friday night game. We haven't done this yet, but it is a relatively marquee game. The two best teams in the MAC. It's on TV. You got a top 25 Buffalo team. Line projection for us will have Buffalo favored by two over the Rockets. Uh, I'll let AJ start it off here. Lean or like, uh, and who do you like in this one? It's a lean on Buffalo for me. Uh, I, I don't love Buffalo on the road. And that's really the only thing I think that, that keeps Toledo alive in this thing. Buffalo dominated that first matchup, 30-point win at home. Uh, they Buffalo's kind of recognized now as one of the top mid-major teams in the country. Comes, I mean, being ranked helps, obviously. But I think it's made them a little bit pricey. They're 2-6 they're and six in their last eight, 1-4 and four against the spread on the road. Uh, and Toledo would be a really appealing play at home. I hate that they've got a bad loss to Ball State at home, which kind of sours me on everything else they've done at home this season. It's a, an, an inexplicable loss. But they are 11-4-1 uh, and one, uh, in their last 16 uh, against the spread. Three straight up covers. I mean, or three straight covers for them. Buffalo played the 123rd toughest non-conference schedule. Toledo is at 315 in their non-conference schedule. So Buffalo is a little bit more battle-tested. Uh, Toledo, you know, they've they've been good in conference, but did not do much outside of it. Here's something: if you uh, if if you're playing this game, the, the spread's probably not going to matter. You might as well pick the winner. The last four matchups between these two teams been won by an average of 21 points per game. Buffalo three and one in those four games, but they are usually blowouts in this thing. Uh, the the Bulls have never won at Toledo, or, or they they have won at Toledo under uh, Oates, their their coach, with a weaker team. And I don't have a, a good enough feel to like this one, but I lean with Buffalo. I know earlier in the season when they beat Syracuse, they said they were they were going to chase an at-large bid. They thought they were an at-large quality team, and they've got a road win at Syracuse, which you know that's better than a win at Toledo. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lean with them, but I don't feel real strong either way. Yeah, and you get slight disagreement from me here. I'm on the other side. I lean Toledo. You're right. The concern is. Uh, the first matchup with Buffalo winning by 30. 
Toledo basically tried to run with Buffalo, and you just can't do that. Uh, I mean, I'll be anxious to see how Toledo plays this one. I, I think pace-wise, they should slow it down. I, I think just generally speaking, people are overreacting, or at least Buffalo is being overpriced in the marketplace. Uh, everyone looks at the, you know, the, the fact that Buffalo is a top 25 team. They got that gaudy 21-3 and record. We've seen three straight non-covers for them. AJ mentioned it. They've been struggling on the road as of late. Not a lot of losses as far as straight up, uh, with the exception of the BG game, but uh, one and four against the number of their last five games. I just think it's it's kind of a home run spot for Toledo. Haven't played in a week. They've certainly they've had to circle this game after being humiliated a month ago. Just a lean for me on the Rockets. And I am looking, since this is a Friday game and we do have some lines, I projected it to be right around two. Looks like some of the early, early numbers at a couple of offshore books have this one at two and a half. Just to throw that out there. Sleepy, are you batting clean up here? Do you like anything here? Uh, yeah, I do. And since so it's my turn. Showtime! Woo! All right, last <laughs> time these teams faced off, Buffalo Brad shot 51.8% from the floor, 50% from three-point land. Can they do that again on the road? I'm not so sure. Uh, I lean with you here with Toledo. Toledo obviously taking one on the chin, 30-point loss. Give up 110 points. I mean, if there's ever a spot you know, where you're going to say, let's go back and really fight these guys, it's when they put up triple digits on you, beat your you know, rear end. So uh, I would lean with Toledo. Don't like this game a whole lot, but lean Toledo. Yeah, the, the problem is, I think uh, going back through the you know the past history between these two teams, I think Buffalo's put a triple-digit spot on Toledo in two of the last three meetings. So again, my concern is, h- how is Toledo going to play this? Uh, I mean, obviously, you cannot run up and down the floor with this Buffalo team. You're just not... They, you're not as good as they are in that type of game. And, and yeah, that, that is correct. A, a couple of uh, the game a year ago between the two, a 104-94 Buffalo win. So um, it, Toledo needs to slow this game down if they're going to have a chance. Lean on Toledo for me. And AJ, uh, again, a lean on Buffalo. And you're with me, Sleepy? I'm a lean on Toledo with you, Brad. All right. Any closing thoughts, AJ? Yeah, one one of the things that, that I, I mean, I, I don't, again, like I said, I don't have a great feel for, but one of the things that I liked about Buffalo and I do like about Buffalo is that they have been able to control tempo in most of their games. And they've got, they're, they're one of the top 20 most experienced teams in the country. They've got three seniors starting for them. There were all three of them on the uh, the preseason all-conference team. I mean, that's just a that's just a really well put together team that seems to dictate the way the pace goes, particularly when they when they've played this Toledo team. Fair enough. That, that's AJ Hoffman. You can follow AJ on Twitter at AJ is the real. Moving along here, and again, that was a Friday night game, Buffalo and Toledo. If you guys need some action, just leans from the boys. Saturday action, a top 25 matchup in the Big Ten. I'll lead us off here for that. Uh, number 24, Maryland at number 6, Michigan. We'll call the projected line Michigan favored by 7. I, I, you know, I'll, I'll lead this one off. Lean for me on the Wolverines. I think it's a good bounce back spot for the Wolverines in this one. Uh, a team that just lost on the road outright, right around a seven point favorite at Penn State. Uh, a really bad loss for Michigan. Uh, their worst loss of the season, in my opinion. Their, their other two losses both came on the road against decent uh, teams in Wisconsin and Iowa. You look at Michigan, last two years at home, 21 straight home wins for the Wolverines. Maryland's off one of their better performances of the season, particularly in the second half. A.J. knows this one well. I thought A.J. had me on another bet come first half when Purdue was taking it to the Terps. 
big, big second half for the Terps and Purdue's offense went, went away. What they get like eighteen or twenty points in that Something second like half? It was embarrassing. Embarrassing. Yeah, I mean they just disappeared. So the Terps off a big win, Michigan off a big outright upset loss. To me, that has me leaning with Michigan. But here's why it's not a like for me. Here's my concern. What is going on with Michigan's offense? Only one time in the last eight games has Michigan topped 70 points. 70 points. One time in eight games. Tough to lay a number when you can't get separation offensively. That's why, for me, it's only a lean on Michigan. What say you, AJ? Yeah, I, I lean the same way on Michigan. I it, Again, Maryland is – I think Maryland's the only team we've discussed on every podcast, and they're a roller coaster with me. I think I, I won my first best bet with them, and, I, I, you know, obviously I lost last week against you with Purdue. Um, Maryland's a team that's overachieving. Uh, they were picked seventh in the Big Ten preseason, and, and clearly they're, they're better than the seventh-best team. Uh, that win versus Purdue, they're coming. That, that's a big win. Maybe their best win of the season. I mean, that that Purdue team was playing so well. Uh, Maryland's lost two of their last three straight up and against the spread. Uh, the win was the win was against the tail spinning Nebraska. I mean, Nebraska's just a, a mess right now. The losses to Michigan State by fourteen, Wisconsin by eight. Uh, Michigan has been not that not that great against the spread as the home team you mentioned they don't lose at home and which obviously has, has kind of priced them out but that seven and eight against the spread home record is a little bit deceiving because they're six and one at home against the spread in conference play most of those ATS losses at home came in non-conference when they were going against numbers that were in the the high 20s and low 30s I mean it, those those kind of numbers are really hard to cover uh, so they're they are pretty good. I mean, like I said, six and one in conference against the spread at home. I think it comes down to who's going to get the extra possessions in this game. Michigan has a, a massive, massive turnover advantage. Uh, Maryland horrible protecting the ball, and Michigan creates more turnovers than anybody in the country. On the other side, Maryland's one of the best rebounding teams in the country. I think they're number two in the country in rebounding margin, and Michigan kind of middle of the pack. So who's going to get those extra possessions? I think is what it boils down to. Uh, I think that Brzezikas has to have a big game. He's been bad the last two games, the 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 Penn State game and the Wisconsin game. He's averaged four points per game, 18 points per game in the previous five. He has got to call, he's got to pull Bruno Fernando and Jalen Smith out of the paint and open some things up. Uh, I lean Michigan just because I I don't know what's happened to that offense, like you said, and and tip, uh, mostly it's Brzezikas has has just kind of been a letdown the last couple games. They've got to get him right, and if they can, I think they cover the seven. All right, that's a lean on Michigan from AJ. Yep, lean on Michigan from AJ. Lean Michigan from me. You going to make it consensus? I'm actually going to look at the total here. Michigan, you know, they lose to Penn State at Penn State in a game in which the Wolverines gave up 75 points. They've only done that one other time this season. I think Michigan really comes out here, obviously, off that loss, but they come out focused on defense. Now, Maryland, on the other hand, with their defense, last four games for them, they've given up 56, 45, 69, and 52. I'm going to lean right now without a number to the under. I'm thinking somewhere around 130, but I would actually play this under down to about 127 and a half. So uh, I think this is going to be a pretty good game. Lots of defense. I'm going to go ahead and make this one an underplay here for me. Yeah, I'll be with you if it comes 130. I'm thinking it's going to come probably upper 120s, uh, I think would be a fair number uh, for that one. Any thoughts on the total, AJ? 
Uh, I mean, I don't know what the number will be, and, and that's I'm, I'm finding even harder to project than than some. Oh, of these, no these question. Lines. And you know that that's a great point, AJ, because uh, some of the responses have been, "Hey, why don't you guys do totals?" Look, uh, we're we're doing a lot of these uh, games multiple days, in some cases three, four days in advance. Uh, very tough to project to a totals. I mean, we can definitely get you close to a price range, but. I mean, let's face it, guys. No, numbers matter here. Every half point matters in this game. And we just don't want to, you know, put ourselves out there that we really like something and, and the total comes three, four points lower or higher than that. So we're, we're just, that's why we're not discussing too many totals on the podcast. Although, Sleepy, you specialize in a lot of totals. I see a lot of totals on your cards every now and then. And the last one we had total-wise was with uh, Michigan. So we'll, hopefully we'll we'll get another one here with them. Go ahead, AJ. I actually I have a hopeful total, uh, and obviously we'll have a buy price on it, but I, I have one of those later on in the pod as well. Ooh, nice tease. Sounds like a totals pod today, baby. Yeah, nice tease from AJ. I mean, he must be he must do radio for a living. Maybe <laughs> yeah, maybe in a big market. Twice. Yeah, ma- maybe in twice. a big market too. That, that's AJ Hoffman, Sleepy J also here. I'm Brad Powers. This is the College Basketball Dream Podcast Edition. Lean Michigan from both AJ and myself. Sleepy's looking to attack the under in that game. Moving along, Clemson at Louisville on Saturday. The Cardinals, right around the projection, has Louisville a seven-point home favorite. Sleepy, I'll let you lead this one off. Anything on this game? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and look at the dog here in Clemson. You have to wonder how Louisville feels right now. Two very tough games here for Louisville, in which they both lost to FSU in overtime, and then the Duke 23-point comeback. I feel that's deflating. At some point, win or lose, the Cardinals are going to have to take some type of a deep breath, and I think that this is the game they'll do that. You know, I like the way that Clemson's been playing. I'm not very high on them, but they are starting to go ahead, get things turned around here. I lean with Clemson. I'm thinking if I could get seven and a half or eight, uh, I'll definitely make a play on them. I lean right now with our projected line at seven, but I'm hoping for seven and a half or eight, and then I'll go ahead. I'll make a play on Clemson. Oh, buddy, you're going to get some disagreement. I'll let AJ go first. AJ, you got the strongest opinion on this one. You like Louisville, yeah. right? I'm a like on Louisville at seven, uh, and I, I, I don't know about Clemson playing better. They just lost to a Miami team that I don't think very highly of. Louisville lost three of their last four, and that's that sucks. They they blew those games against Florida State. They blew the game against Duke, and they should be embarrassed. But they're twelve and three straight up as a home team this year. Those three losses: Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina. Those teams are pretty good. Uh, of the of those twelve wins, the only games that they didn't get seven points or more of separation were against Lipscomb and Michigan State. And I don't think Clemson's near the team that those guys are. So if our number is right, seven is the number. I think that Louisville's got a good chance of covering it. Clemson, they're a they're a horrible road team. Their only conference road win uh, was against a free falling Georgia Tech team. Uh, the theme for Clemson and ACC play is is basically playing to the competition's level. They are five and six straight up. Of those five ACC wins, four have come against the bottom three teams in the conference: Georgia Tech twice, Pittsburgh, Wake Forest. Their only decent ACC win is against Virginia Tech, yep. which was last week, and that's an injury-riddled Virginia Tech that's just a mess. Clemson's 2-8 and eight against the top 50 in Kimpom. They're 0-6 straight up as an underdog this year, 1-5 and five against the spread. They do not play well as an underdog. Louisville, another thing to consider, Louisville, now that they've lost three of their last four games, they, they're in sort of a must-win situation. If you remember the way the ACC uh, conference tournament is structured – the top four seeds get a double bye, so it's really important to finish in the top four. Louisville currently 
battling for that fourth spot. So this game means a lot to them. Clemson, I mean, their season's pretty much over. So I think this is a good spot for Louisville to get right again. I think they're a much better team than they, than the the record looks now that they've lost three of the last four. I still think they're one of the top 20 teams in the country. Yeah, I agree with you. And to me, it all I've got to lean on Louisville, and it comes down to me. You know, And Sleepy mentioned this. And that's my only question mark. You know, what's Louisville's mindset after the Duke game? And just a reminder, in case you missed it, you were living under a rock. Nine minutes to go against Duke, the almighty Duke team. That's considered to be one of the best we've seen in college basketball in the last decade. Louisville is beating, beating Duke by 23 points with nine minutes left. If you believe in those win probabilities, it was 99-plus percent chance Louisville was going to pull the major upset there. Duke in-game, live, uh, wagering 14-1 to on the money line, and the Blue Devils rally to beat uh, Louisville. If Louisville's got their head on straight, I think they're clearly the play here. I got a question about whether or not they do. They, they should because coming up next, road trip to the Carrier Dome, Virginia, neither one of those are easy, and this could really get into be a struggling situation for Louisville if they don't get the job here. A.J. mentioned that Clemson has really been beaten up on the weaker teams of the ACC with the exception of the Virginia Tech game. I mean, wins over Pittsburgh, Wake Forest, and Georgia Tech really don't move the needle too much for me. Huge missed opportunity for them in their latest game against Miami. Lean for me on Louisville. Lean on Clemson for Sleepy. A.J. Hoffman over the top with the tiebreaker. He had the strongest opinion. He was willing. If someone wanted to fade him, he went to like on Louisville minus seven. Guys, any closing thoughts on this one? That's all I got, man. I gave it all. All right. What do we do with Louisville if they lose this game, though, at home? I mean, I I get concerned. I mean, obviously, you're talking four out of five. Because then it's a bad loss. Yeah. Yeah. In this run, the three out of four, they don't have a bad loss yet. No. You know, if if you start losing to Clemson at home, then or, or I mean, then you're in uh oh territory. I, but I just I can't see this team losing to Clemson at home. It just it wouldn't make any sense to me. So Brad, do you do you downgrade Louisville as AJ saying with these bad losses? Because you know what I saw from them until you know the nine minute mark of that game, they looked actually pretty good. So uh, I would agree with AJ here that Louisville, you know, actually looks all right. And I'm not sure that you would really downgrade them a whole lot, even though they have those three losses. Would you agree? I haven't really downgraded them. I mean, overtime, Florida yeah. State, no downgrade there. North Carolina, I thought it was a tough spot. North Carolina had revenge. Uh, you know, North Carolina went to favorite, didn't really downgrade Louisville there. Certainly didn't downgrade him after the Duke game. In fact, I mean, you should upgrade him. They were, they were an eight, eight and a half point dog. And that one probably should have won the game. So I haven't done, even though they're one in three Louisville in their last four games. Uh, I mean, at best, uh, they're at a net net, you know, even compared to what they were just a couple weeks ago. Can I, I just want to say one thing about the Duke game. And I wonder if, Clemson can do this is apply that same type of pressure that Duke did for the last nine minutes with that full course press. I mean, they were they look lost for nine minutes of that game. They look lost. They had no answer. If Clemson comes out and does that, I well, they don't how, have the athletes to do that. I know that, but yeah. I'm saying if at least if they apply that type of pressure, you know, because it seemed like Louisville had no answer to that press at all. And I just wonder if Clemson comes in and tries to say, hey, let's take a page out of the Duke book here. Let's put some pressure on them and see if they can continue to make mistakes. Maybe Clemson go ahead, get a little bit of a lead or at least put, you know, a little bit of a doubt in their minds. AJ? Yeah, I think that when you look at, at this uh, this Louisville team and you look at their losses and, and 
granted, at this point, when you, when you see eight losses, you go, oh, well, that's not a great team. But those losses, they lost to Tennessee, the number one team in the country. Uh, they lost to Marquette in overtime. They lost by one point at Indiana. They lost to Kentucky. Uh, they lost the bad loss at Pitt in overtime. That's I don't care, overtime or not, at Pitt is a bad loss. But then these last three, North Carolina home at Florida State in overtime, and Duke at home in a game that, I mean, really, they dominated for the most part. And I, I think if you if you run those last 10 minutes back, you know, 10 times, I, I think that Duke might win that one time out of 10. Uh, I just think that was a, an epic meltdown by Louisville. I, I, I still think this is a really, really good team and a, a dangerous team come March. I agree. And I think highly of Chris Mack. And for those of you who don't know who Chris Mack is, yep. New head coach Louisville, formerly at uh, Xavier, uh, who obviously overachieved more often than not when it came to March Madness and tournament time. Moving along here, unless someone's got any rebuttal, again, AJ with the strongest opinion on that one, like Louisville minus the seven. Fast and furious here moving to the Big 12 on Saturday. Baylor at Texas Tech. Projected line for me is going to have Texas Tech minus seven and a half. AJ, I'll start with you. Your thoughts on this one. Yeah, this is a uh, this was a tough game for me. I, I almost went like on Baylor, and then I went lean, mostly because I'm just worried about the health of King McClure, who's who's obviously a, an important guy to them. He's the second best player they have left this season. Uh, Tech Tech is obviously in a re- revenge spot. Uh, they got they got dumped at Baylor, uh, 73-62. Baylor four and one against the spread on the road in Big Twelve play. They're also nine and three against the spread overall in conference play. They're they're a good Big Twelve against the spread team. Most of those teams are hovering right around five hundred. Uh, both these teams force turnovers, but but both teams give it away. So I I, I think there's going to be a lot of turnovers in this or in this game. Uh, Baylor, I think the much better rebounding team. Here's a stat on Baylor: they played on Monday with four more days rest, which they, that's what it'll be when they play on Saturday. They're six and one against the spread. Tech. Tech is a pricey team at home, 5-8-1 against the spread at home. Uh, and, and Tech is holding opponents to 36% shooting. Baylor shot 41% in the first game, 27 from three. Uh, Tech shot 7% better from the field than average. They only had a negative two rebounding margin. Culver went 19, and, 19 points, nine rebounds, five assists, three steals. All that went well for Tech, and they still lost by double digits. So Tech played a really good game and still just got walloped. And I think Baylor's a little bit underrated defensively. I think both teams play a slow pace, which typically will lead to a low-scoring game. And I think you and I have talked about this before, Brad. I hate to give a lot of points in a Texas Tech game mm. because those, those games tend to be so low-scoring. And Baylor, at the, at the tempo that they play, they play right into that. So 7.5 points seems like a lot in a game that I think is going to you know maybe be played in the 50s. Um, Mason should look better than he did against Oklahoma. I mean, now that he's had a few days, almost a week to rest. Uh, and Devontae Bandu has been killing it since McClure has been out. He's 17 points per game in the two games that McClure missed, but I want McClure back. I, I'd like it with McClure. The more I've thought about it, I, I can only lean with Baylor until I find out if King McClure is going to play. Sleepy, any thoughts? Yeah, AJ touched on it. Slow pace. That's why I'm going to go ahead and look at the total. This one. I'm thinking under here. Look at the last three games for the Red Raiders. They gave up 50, 54, and 50 points in three wins. 
Baylor in the last three games that they've won out of the five games that they've played, they've allowed 53, 64, and 47. So it's clear that these teams win with defense. I think it's going to be clear to Baylor and Texas Tech that that's the best way for those teams to go ahead and win. I think the total right around 131, maybe 132. Ooh, I don't think you're going to see that. You don't think? No. I don't How think high? I see it either. I, I think 125-ish, 126. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yep. Those last three, like even last game where they held uh, they held Oklahoma State to fifty, that was still an over. Uh, I mean, it's uh, you, you're you're not getting. I mean, they're in the one twenty seven and a half was that total against Oklahoma State. It's hard to get a good over under feel for Texas Tech because Vegas makes them really expensive if you want to get under. And on top of that, sleepy, you know, they're getting priced in, into it because Texas Tech right now, if you go off of Ken Palm's adjusted efficiency rankings for defense. Not only number one in the country this year, Texas Tech, number one in the Ken Palm era dating back to 2002, number one defense as far as adjusted efficiency. It, look, I, I can't bet overs in Texas Tech games. I mean, if you're telling me you give me a $20 bill and say, what way are you going to go on the total? I'm always going to lean more unders than overs when it comes to Texas Tech. The problem is it's getting priced, appropriately priced in a lot of these games in that situation, Sleepy. Well, I think that the last time these teams played, you know, they scored 135 points in that game. I thought maybe it would tick up a little bit. Like I said, my I figured maybe 131, I was going to play it down to 128 and a half. And if I can't get the 128 and a half, uh, I, I simply won't play this one. But, you know, these teams combined for 85% from the free throw line last game, 35% from the three-point line, 44% from the floor. As I said, you know, these teams have been winning with defense. So uh, if I can get a 128 and a half, you guys definitely don't think 131 uh, isn't going to be available. So if it comes out 128 and a half, I'll go ahead. I'll play the under. Anything lower than that, I'll call it a pass. What do we think of, you know, more broad topic here, Big 12, you know, obviously with the exception of West Virginia and uh, Oklahoma State, I think a lot of these teams are safely above the cut line when it comes to the NCAA tournament. Not a lot of teams that I would say are consistent top 10 range, although, hint, hint, there'll be a team coming up here in a second that I think is capable of it. You know, Baylor's in the Texas Techs of the world. What's the ceiling for these types of teams? I mean, I think Sweet 16 at best uh, for maybe Texas Tech a little higher ceiling. Yeah, I was going to say Texas Tech seems like the one team that could go beyond Sweet 16. Maybe a, a healthy Baylor because, I mean, that athleticism plays in the tournament. If that, they, they would be interesting. Uh, but I think I do think that the bubble is kind of shrinking on the Big 12 right now with a couple of these teams. I, I think Oklahoma's in real trouble now. Oh, that's true. Uh, Texas, I mean, too. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Texas has to win some games down the stretch. I think TCU still has to win some games down the stretch. Uh, but, you know, Kansas, Kansas State, Tech, Iowa State, Baylor, those teams are all safely in. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. The only team I see really having a, a, a higher ceiling than the Sweet 16 would be Texas Tech at this point. Fair enough. Sleepy, any thoughts? Yeah, I actually made a futures play on Baylor. It was like some crazy, insane number. It was like 200 to 1, and I bet that like almost immediately after they went. Oh, I'd take that. Yeah, as soon as they went on the road and did that to Oklahoma where they just blew them doors off, I'm like, maybe that's solid. I I figured maybe this team's just better than than we think they are, and and they showed it in that game. And as AJ said, athletic. You know, you don't know what a team's going to do, and you don't know their path. So 200 to 1 for a team like Baylor that really showed me that they could play on the road. Obviously, they could play on a neutral site, so why not? Yeah, and who knows? I mean, if Mason and McClure didn't get banged up there, uh, maybe you look at it and they're not losing to, to, to Texas and, and Kansas State. Uh, so uh, 
you'd be sitting here with a team uh, that would be like, you know, 10 straight wins in that type of range. So I, I do like that 200 to one. Uh, that seems awfully juicy. Any closing thoughts on this one? No. Sleepy's looking to play the under, although disagreement for me. I don't think he's going to get the number he wants. Lean on Texas Tech for me. I really didn't go through my handicap. Uh, to, to me, you know, just simply uh, Baylor's injury question marks has me leaning towards Texas Tech. That, no, nothing strong there. On the opposite side, AJ has a lean on Baylor. And if you wake up Saturday morning and it comes uh, that King McClure, the Baylor player, their third leading scorer, that'll be an upgraded to a like if you're getting a similar number, right, AJ, if McClure can go for Baylor? Yeah, I'd, I'd take Baylor at 7.5 if McClure's a go. All right. Uh, moving along here, Sleepy, you better cue the music because we're coming to my top play of Saturday. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Fire up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind. We're going to stay in the Big 12 for this one. Another top 25 matchup. Number 23, Iowa State, takes on number 18, Kansas State. Best bet for me, it should come as no surprise. I'm going to continue to ride this hot team. Best bet for me is Kansas State. We'll call the number minus three. I like it up to minus five on the Wildcats here. It's quite simple for me. you got a Kansas State team that the two major market indicators as far as power ratings go, you know, can... Ken Palm and Sagarin both have Kansas State right around number 25. I'll say this, since the return of Dean Wade, he's the center for Kansas State. I think Kansas State's playing like a top 10 team. This was an Elite 8 team from last year. Returned their top 7 players from that Elite 8 team. Got off to a slow start, then Wade was out 6-7 games. They're really struggling. Since Wade has returned 8 straight wins, Eight straight covers in Big 12 play for this Kansas State team. I already bet Kansas State here in the last 24 hours, 60-1 to to win the title. That's how much I'm buying this team. Iowa State, who's Kansas State's opponent in this one, kind of heading in the opposite direction. Three straight non-covers for the Cyclones. I think just a couple weeks ago, I would have had Iowa State as the best team in the Big 12. I no longer think that's the case. I think Kansas State's the better team. Usually get close in a game like this, close to four points of home court advantage. Therefore, value for me on Kansas State, who's been a bad matchup for Iowa State. Kansas State's won and covered three straight over the Cyclones. Earlier matchups saw Dean Wade, who I've been talking about here, barely played, barely made any contribution whatsoever, and still Kansas State went on the road and beat Iowa State outright. Best bet for me, Kansas State, minus three, my buy price. I'll give you guys a couple extra points, up to minus five for me. Take the Wildcats. Thoughts, AJ? Uh, you'll get complete agreement from me on this one. The first game, if you remember, came down to the wire. 58-57 Kansas State win. Iowa State was favored by nine in that game. They had a seven-point lead late, and then they only scored two points in the last five minutes of that game. Dean Wade, you mentioned earlier, probably their best player. You know how many points he had in that first Iowa State matchup? Two. I expect he's way more of an impact guy in this one. If he, if Dean Wade scored two points and they won, then I feel good about them getting, giving some numbers here. And you mentioned uh, Iowa State 0-3, their last three against the spread. That came after five straight covers, and I was with you. I was starting to think Iowa State may be the team to beat in the Big 12. K-State's now won eight of their last nine against the spread. They're, they've won their last three against the spread at home. Uh, the one thing that does scare me a little, Iowa State 2-0 and against the spread as an underdog. Mm. Four and one against the spread off a loss this year. Both those situations in play right now. Uh, 
one thing I do like for Kansas State, though, four of their last five games have been on the road, so they're coming home. And if you remember the last home game, it was a big one for them. It was the Kansas win, which is, for Kansas State, the biggest win they'll get all season. Should be a pretty good home court advantage. Uh, and I, I teased earlier about the, the total that I would like. I'll be looking for an over here. Uh, my buy price is, is I mean, I think in, the first game was lined at 131 and a half. It missed by 16 and a half points. So it went, it came in at 115. I don't know what the number will be. I, I think anything in the 125 to, to 128 range is what I'm expecting. Yep. I'll go over in that. Uh, KSU scored in the 70s their last four games. They've started to get things going offensively. And that game, that first game, uh, the 58-57 loss for Iowa State, that was their lowest scoring game of the season the first time out. So I expect you get more offense out of Iowa State, more offense out of Kansas State. If the if the numbers based anything on that last perf- that that last matchup, which I typically the second time teams play, that that is weighted in pretty heavily. I expect it to be a good spot for an over. Any thoughts, Sleepy? But but I do like Kansas State minus three, and I'm with you by price up to five. Yeah, my uh, key point in this one, AJ just said it. He said, you know, they get to come back home. I do like Kansas State here a little bit. The only thing that well, if you like them a little bit, is it lean? No, I like them a little bit. All right, I'm just trying to figure out what I want to do with them. My my concern is, you know, Iowa State has revenge, and I've been terrible on my own personal betting uh, going against teams with revenge. So. It's kind of scaring me off, but you guys are talking me back into it. So what the hell? I guess I like them too. Yeah, I mean, impressive to me, guys. I mean, Kansas was one of the biggest wins for Kansas State. That win at home uh, a couple weeks ago was a huge win for them. It was a storm the court type of game. And then to follow that right back up with a, a road win against Baylor. Now, Baylor was banged up in that game, uh, but but still to take care of business there. And also on the road against Texas. Now, Kansas State has one of their, not a starter, but a key reserve. Uh, He's going to be out for a while, one of their guards. And and to handle their business yet again on the road in an underdog role against Texas. That's why I'm buying Kansas State. They showed a lot of maturity after a huge one, a program-type changing win over their arch rival, the in-state Kansas Jayhawks. And to go on the road as a dog, as a dog in both of those games, win them both outright. I just like what I'm seeing from this team. Again, I think a team playing like a top 10 team that's being priced like a top 25 team. That's why I still think there's value on Kansas State. One thing I'm going to throw out to you guys, and we list a, we've been naming a lot of these runs. One of the major differences between college basketball and college football and some of the other sports, uh, you can get teams that, that offer value for for these long stretches that don't get overpriced. It takes a lot longer for a team to get overpriced in the marketplace more often than not in college basketball. You're not seeing teams cover the spread, you know, five, six, seven, eight times in a row in the college football game. Those teams get priced out way more quickly than, than what you see in college basketball. I see it year after year. Even power five type programs go on these runs. Hell, even Michigan State earlier this year. It was a 13-game streak where they won 13 straight games and were like 12-1 and against the number. And that's a you know a top-10 blue blood type program there. Uh, so for those of you wondering out there, hey, maybe you're going to the well too often with Kansas State. I just still think there's value with the Wildcats. The market's a little slow to adjust in college hoops compared to, to college football and, the, and certainly the NFL. Well, and conversely, on, on you know you talk about Kansas State and how they're slow to adjust to what Kansas State's doing. It's going the same way for Iowa State. We just mentioned they've lost three straight against the spread. They're still 14th in Kim Palm. 
So still a lot yep. of respect for Iowa State, maybe even more than there should be at this point. So I, I think Iowa State might be overrated right now. Kansas State might be underrated right now. And I'm going to mention one other thing. I love Ken Palm. And if you're handicapping college hoops, uh, that's your go-to source. But there is a weakness in Ken Palm, and there is a weakness in Jeff Sagarin's uh, ratings, and that's that they don't properly factor in injuries. Their power ratings, for the more, more, more often than not, full-season type of power ratings, they don't factor in if a team was playing without one of your best players for a significant stretch. They don't factor if you have a key injury, uh, like, like say it just happened in the most recent game. The Ken Palm and Sagarin have that one major weakness, and I think with the Kansas State, why we continue to find some value is that injury to Dean Wade. It's not properly, you know, put in context in a couple of losses that Kansas State's had this season. Yeah, that's one of the the tools I miss from football season is you've got S&P Plus uh, from Football Outsiders that does take that into account during yep. football season. There's not really a, a, an equal to that for college basketball, and I wish I was smart enough to program something. I'm just not. But, uh, but yeah, those, those S&P Plus ratings are really good for accounting for everything that's going on, whereas with, with like you said, Ken Palm and Sager, and you kind of have to uh, – you got to always check the injury report. you got to make sure people are playing and – uh, sometimes it gets tough. And on the flip side, I I wouldn't mind having you know an easy to use type of tool in college football like Kempom is in college basketball. And That's you know S and P. I mean, as far as just the site layout, I mean it's archaic. Uh, I mean it's, it looks like something that's from you know the nineteen ninety eight as far as the internet. But it's fine. It's easy to read. And when you're dealing with three hundred fifty three teams, it's so easy to use once you you know what you're looking at. I wouldn't mind if someone out there. Uh, knows programming, I would love to have something like that for college football, and I think it'd be a big hit. I'm stunned that, that no one really out there has done something like Kempom uh, as far as college football is concerned. Just a hint, hint. If you, you Don't look any, at me. Yeah. <laughs> any whispers out there? Uh, I'll be an investor. Uh, let's just put it uh, – I'll put it out there for the both of you and any of the listeners out there. And you got to figure it's, it would take off too, obviously, with sports betting blowing up across the entire nation. So. Mm-hmm. No question. I, I'm, I think we're talking to Ken Pomeroy. He's the one who needs to do it. Right. I, no question. I mean, I know he's a basketball guy, but, I mean, how hard would it be to just to flip it over for college football? It doesn't have to be Division One, A, just Division One A, 130 teams. Mm-hmm. Everyone be happy. and uh, Char- You could charge us. I mean, charge a different amount. I mean, uh, for the subscription. I mean, you could... Pay yeah, a double it. subscription and a basketball uh, subscription. Yeah, and just for the people out there, and boy, I'm really promoting Kempom. I should get the, some cutbacks here. It's like twenty bucks for a year. Twenty for bucks a year. for a year. I mean, if, if you have something sports, like that, yeah, it's it's your best friend if you're betting college basketball. It's the best twenty bucks you'll spend. No question about it. Uh, unless it's you know we got a, a big pick of one of ours, and then it might be second yeah, best. Yeah, well, my, my 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 picks wouldn't exist without Ken Palm helping me out, it, or it'd be, they'd come a lot less a uh, lot less volume. Note to self, and maybe try to get a hold of Ken Palm and see if we can do something for college football, because <laughs> it it would be nice. It would. I bet RJ's got the reach. Yeah, I agree. All right, recapping that one. Like for AJ on Kansas State, Sleepy's jumping on board. With not only AJ, but me, Brad Powers, best bet. Again, best bet, Kansas State, minus three up to minus five. I'm Brad Powers. He's Sleepy J. AJ Hoffman is broadcasting from uh, Houston. You can follow AJ on Twitter at AJ is the real. Follow Sleepy on Twitter at Sleepy J underscore pregame. And again, merely Brad Powers here at Brad Powers 
the number seven. Moving along, guys. Uh, three more games to go here. Saturday action. Before we, before we yeah. do, you didn't even mention that you're now three and zero on your best bets. Ah, you know, I don't want to jinx it. Just well, we just continue I'm, to roll here. Yeah, but if right, it gets well, up I'm there, just, it gets up there. I, I don't want. I'm adding. I, I'm struggling out of the gate. I'm one and two, so I'm I'm using your three best bets to boost our total record to four and two because I feel like you know sixty six percent is pretty good still. I feel you. One and two, uh, <laughs> AJ, try, I believe, a couple years ago for the longtime listeners. And this needs to be mentioned here uh, because little short-term sample sizes, uh, keep in mind, just short-term, anything can happen. I mean, the worst handicapper in the world can lose seven straight games. The best handy, I mean, the worst guy can win seven straight games. The absolute best handicapper in the world can, can lose seven straight. So uh, a couple years ago on the College Dream podcast, and maybe I'm very fortunate that at that time we probably had 10 times less the listenership that we do now. Uh, I think I went like 2 and 10 on my best bets. And it was almost a weekly thing. If you wanted to turn on and figure out what my best bet was, all you had to do was, uh, you know, watch Scott Van Pelt do bad beats. And it was like three or four oh. of the baddest beats of the week happened to my best bet uh, in a row. But it is what it is. That, that's what happens with short term. So, Memphis? You know, no, nah, there there was one. I mean, I'm not going to go into too many of them. I mean, one of them, Arkansas State Troy that game. That was it, Arkansas. Arkansas State Troy. I mean, we got a pick em game, and a team out gains the other by like 350 yards, and somehow I lose. 350 yards. They're not laying th- three touchdowns. It's a pick em game. They lose, and Louisiana Tech. I go so off the board in college football. It is what it is. Moving along to uh, this one. So I guess the, the key is, at least on that one, guys, don't be, be you know, don't be beating up, uh, you know, one loss or, or two losses. Let's see where we stand at the end of the season. Gambling is a marathon, marathon, well, not a sprint. Listen, I don't, I don't mind it because at the end of the day, like it, it, especially with this week, the, the Xavier Creighton game where I had Creighton at a, basically to pick them, uh, and they're up five with a minute left, and they inexplicably just throw the ball into the backcourt and turn it over. I, I feel like I was on the right side, and I'd much rather lose and be on the right side because that's just a lot better for the long term than yep. win once and have totally mishandicapped the game and lucked out because I'm I'm ho- I'm hopeful that this isn't about luck. I mean, you need some luck, but man, I'm putting a lot of work in this for just someone who's crossing their fingers and hoping for the best. I, that's not how I want to handicap. Well said. Well said. Moving along to Saturday action, NC State at a little old team called Duke, number 2 Duke. We're going to project this right. Yeah, they ate. They ate. Uh, Duke projected line here right around 17, believe it or not, 17 points. You know, I'll lead it up with this one. And in this one, depending on what Sleepy has, we got a double like here from AJ and myself, a double like. So this is a strong one uh, from the both of us, uh, some strong agreement here. I'm going to like NC State plus the 17. I, I thought for the first time this season, I-, I I don't believe Duke's been overly priced. Futures market, yes individual game by game not so much as far as you know comparing what the line is to what my power ratings are i haven't think duke's been out of line in the marketplace until their most recent game so the line opens up duke favored by six on the road against louisville i think that's about where we projected the line would be on the podcast opens up that one but what do we see duke get heavy action we don't know for sure if it was you know public or a combination of the sharps you never know for sure there but Duke got bet up to right around an eight and a half point favorite on the road against Louisville. And 
quite frankly, it was all that money was wrong. I mean, Duke should have lost the game outright, but somehow they find a way. They're down 23 with nine minutes left. They're 14 to one uh, in-game live wagering. Uh, as far as on the money line goes, Duke wins that game. Huge win for that program, especially when you're talking young freshmen not packing it in. But I don't think the market's going to downgrade Duke, and they should from that one. Uh, I mean, again, it could have been a loss, but everyone's talking about the comeback and not necessarily the overall performance. For me, it's also kind of a play on NC State. Uh, I mean, the Wolfpack have covered four straight against Duke. I don't think there's going to be a huge intimidation factor here. And this is the largest underdog role for NC State in eight years. Eight years at NC State. I like NC State plus 17. What say you, AJ? I'm right there with you. And, and NC State, it, believe it or not, the last two times they played Duke, they won outright. Uh, they, they've won. They, they've also won the last four against the spread against Duke. Listen, NC State and Duke probably doesn't consider NC State one of their their main rivals. It's it works the other way though. NC State considers this Duke game a massive rivalry game, yep. so they are up for this. Against a 17-point spread, if, if you put a 17-point spread on every Duke-NC State game since 2008, North Carolina State would be 13-3-1. and one. Mm-hmm. So three times in the last 10, 11 years, Duke has got more than 17 points on them. So if this line is good, I, I think we're in good shape. Both teams kind of relatively even against the spread. I, I think Duke... Like you said, they, they've not been overpriced. But I mean, you, you, they can't be. They're the consensus best team in the country, and they've they've covered the spread for their last five games. So that's that's hard to do when that when that you know the the pressure is on you of being the the best team at least in Vegas's eyes. Uh, NC State's top three scores, all upperclassmen, uh, Dorn Bryce and Markel Johnson, all upperclassmen. I expect them to give them their best effort against a young Duke team. I hate to get in the way of Duke right now, but just because they're so dominant. But 17 points is just too much in a rivalry game like this, in my opinion. Sleepy. Consensus? I lean to Duke, but it's, uh, it's very, I'm very not- small lean. Oh, so i got to ask you guys a question, though, first off. And, Brad, I think you you probably answer this quick. If they lost to Louisville, does it hurt their ranking or seedings? No, nah, I wouldn't uh- no, there'd still be a number one seed. I'd still have them as the number one team in the country. Now, I don't think that they should be an historic favorite in the futures market like they they are right now because, I mean, they've shown some vulnerability. But, no, nah, I mean, had they ended up losing that had game. Had they lost by 23, I think you could maybe yeah. make an argument that they should be downgraded some. But if they come back and lose that game by a point, I don't think there's any real downgrade on them. Yeah, a slight one. Not enough to, for them to drop. I mean, right now I have Duke about two points better than any other team in the country. So uh, maybe a half point. So I'm still saying Duke's uh, in number one instead of by two points, a point and a half. That, that, that would be my thoughts on that one. Well, here's what worries have me more than anything about Duke is the fact that you have a number one team. We know that they're probably head and shoulders the best team in the country. This is a wake-up call for them that they're down 23 with nine minutes on the road and they have to do all the crap that they did to go ahead and get back in that game. I think that if Louisville hit one more three-pointer in within that nine-minute stretch, Duke loses that game. I think it's a wake-up call here for Duke. I think they come out and they try to play a full game here. I would not I would not take the 17 here with NC State. Enough to bet it? You want to bet? If the line's 17, if it's 16 and a half, I'll, I'll bet you. 16 here, and a half. Here's the other thing. Here's the other go thing ahead, about AJ. this... this 
the 17 point spread. Uh, uh, imagine this: Duke just came off their their two of their biggest games this year. They they the win against Virginia, which was massive on the road. Uh, they come back against Louisville on the road and get that win. Now they get NC State. They're 17 point favorites. Guess who's on deck? North Carolina. So mm. North Carolina State sandwiched between Virginia, Louisville, and North Carolina. To me, if there's a letdown spot on the schedule, it's right here. Yeah. Do you still want to bet it? I think the letdown spot might have been last game. So this could be high-intensity uh, focus here. Wait, wait, 16 and a half. 16 and a half. First, before we decide to make the bet here, uh, and this will be the first one of the podcast, uh, a lot of people have asked where do we come up with our projection lines. It's quite simple. We take an average pretty much of Ken Palm, Jeff Sagarin, and my own personal power ratings. You know, maybe do some tweaks and whatnot, but that's how we come up with the lines. Now, not not saying it's a perfect things, and I would say once a podcast, we may be off by more than a bucket, but and we usually do close to ten games a podcast, and I would say eight or nine of the games are within you know a point, sometimes half point, point point and a half. Yeah. So I, I think we do a decent job. You know, Kempom's got this game at nineteen, believe it or not, but sleepy just for you, sixteen and a half. Sixteen and a half. There we go. We got a bet. Cha-ching. I'll take NC State. That's a like for me on NC State. I'll take 16 and a half. That's my bet with Sleepy. Now, AJ's taking the better number. He might be the smart one here as far as NC State. NC State plus 17 as a like for AJ. So, good to have some action. A lot uh, of action. A lot of action. Got to love some action. Uh, speaking, unless you got some any closing thoughts here, AJ? No, that's all I got. All right. Speaking of action. Again, I mentioned this at the top of the podcast. I don't think in the three, four years I've been doing this, I've ever seen two pros on one side of a game with strong opinions and two pros on the other side. And, oh, yeah, by the way, what's that? But there's only three of us. Now there's four. Uncle Dave. Yeah, you're forgetting. Uncle Dave Esler sent in. It's one of his top picks. It is the top game of the weekend. It's number one, Tennessee. And again, these are AP rankings. Number one, Tennessee at number five, Kentucky. Projected line, minus three. We'll start off with the man who's not here. He's in the state of Florida, Dave Esler, with his thoughts on this game. All right, we got a big boy game at Rupp Arena this weekend between Tennessee and Kentucky. There'll be a lot of talk. Might as well get it started. It's a one-loss Vols team who lost to Kansas in overtime. That game was two days after beating Louisville, so maybe the fatigue factor there a little bit in that Kansas loss. Speaking of fatigue, this week, Kentucky's already had a tough game against LSU, physically and mentally. Falls are at home Wednesday night to the Gamecocks, so I fully expect UT to be the fresher team physically and mentally Saturday. And I look at who's beaten Kentucky. Duke, Seton Hall, Alabama, and LSU, all four of those teams play much quicker than the Wildcats. So does Tennessee, who will also have the best player on the floor, reigning SEC Player of the Year, Grant Williams. Kentucky has zero length advantage against the Vols, who are one of the most experienced teams. And I look at the SEC play, the Vols are number two in three-point make percentage, number one two-point make percentage, number one free-throw make percentage at 82%. Tennessee handed the Cats their second home loss last season. I think they may hand them their second home loss at Rupp this season. Love the Vols, plus what I think is probably going to be about a possession. And then we just heard that from Dave. That is a like, a like on Tennessee 
plus the three. That's the line projection as far as I'm concerned. Tennessee plus three, a like on the volunteers. Sleepy, you're with Dave, Uncle Dave here. You like Tennessee? I do like Tennessee. You know, I'm not certain that Kentucky is worthy of a number five ranking. I know they improved so much over the course of a season. You know, we talked about them, and, and you really were ahead of the market on that one. But I'm not... I'm not really buying into their non-conference schedule. I haven't really played anybody. A early blowout loss to Duke. Lost to number 19 LSU last game. Yes, they beat number 9 Kansas, but Kansas hasn't been playing all that well. They beat a number 14 ranked Auburn team at the time. Auburn's not currently ranked, but they only beat them by two points. Yes, they beat UNC way back. I'll give them credit for that. I just don't see the results against uh, against all these good teams. Non-conference looks weak. SEC, yes, a little bit better. Oh. But Tennessee is number one for a reason. Volunteers getting points here seems really wrong to me. I don't need the points. I'm going to take Tennessee oh. on the money line. Wow. So if anybody wants the three, you can have them. I'll take Tennessee on the money line here. And uh, that's the way I'm going. I'm with Uncle Dave here. I'll, I'll figure out a right price, and you and me, Sleeper, are going to have a bet on the money line on this. I'll figure out a wow. fair price yeah. for that. Are you T- kidding me? Tennessee, you— you're talking about Kentucky not playing anybody. Look at Tennessee's SEC well, schedule so far. Yeah, well, 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 we'll get to that. Well, and we're going to save the best for last. <laughs> you know, Vanessa Williams style, 1991 <laughs> number one song. We're going to save AJ for last. Again, Uncle Dave and Sleepy on Tennessee plus three. Sleepy says, forget the three. Tennessee wins the game money line. We'll have a bet, and that bet is because I like, and this is a very strong like for me, this would be my number two play on the podcast, Kentucky minus three. So let's break this down. To me, let's talk history. Kentucky at home under John Calipari. Now we're talking 10 years, 10 years, 184 and 13, 93 and a half percent, 184 and 13. Uh, AJ is going to give you uh, what, what happens when Kentucky's off a home loss. I wonder what happens. That'll be coming up in, in about 30, 30 seconds. Yeah, uh, I got something for you. Yeah. Kentucky laying six or less at home. So they're laying their small favorite or they're a dog. 65% under John Calipari. Not straight up. 65% against the spread. Now, Sleepy, come on now. This is why you're getting green button bet. I mean, you can like, I, I can say anything anyone can like anything about that you know again there's always two sides to a handicap but you're telling me about the tennessee kentucky schedules tennessee has not played a top 30 team a top 30 team since december the 9th 16 games ago that was against gonzaga again tennessee zero top 30 teams basically a half a season same stretch kentucky has played seven seven top 30 teams Strong like for me, Kentucky minus three. And again, I mentioned it. We're saving the best for last. A.J. Hoffman, best bet of this podcast, is on this game. Do you want some Blossom or no? Oh, yeah. Let's get it. Yeah, we'll get you some Blossom here. All right. Here's Blossom. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Buy up your pad and pencil. Give you a piece of my mind. Go, AJ, go. Yeah, we had to go back to the Blossom. I, 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 I Yeah, you're 1-0 with Blossom. Own. I'm 3-0 yeah, with Blossom. Gotta, Don't knock it, brother. Gotta, yeah, I'm back, on, I'm back on the bandwagon. This was, to me, the best-case scenario for someone who wanted Kentucky. The loss to LSU, especially a controversial loss to LSU. Tennessee, in the last 12 years at Rupp, 
they've won once. Uh, Tennessee's one and one as an underdog this year. They beat Gonzaga, lost to Kansas. Gonzaga it was the last ranked opponent. Brad mentioned December 9th. And that, that other stat that Brad was getting to, Kentucky, the last time they lost back-to-back home games, uh, John Calipari wasn't the coach. It was back in 2009. Uh, that was a season they went to the NIT. And, and, I mean, it's been a long time since Kentucky lost back-to-back games at home, over 10 years now. Kentucky's the third-best offensive rebounding team in the country. Tennessee's 258th in allowing offensive rebounds. I think Kentucky's going to get a lot of extra possessions. Uh, one, of, one of my favorite meaningless stats that I found during handicapping today Kentucky's been number one in the poll at some point, 23 different seasons. Tennessee's number one for the fifth week in their program history this week. The uh, the, the experience factor goes towards Tennessee. They, there's only six Power 5 programs with more experience than Tennessee. There are three teams from any conference less experienced than the Wildcats. But I just think this game means more to Kentucky. They're trying to stay on the 1-2 line. They, they need this win coming off that loss than it does to Tennessee, who's comfortable where they are right now and just has not has not been tested the way that Tennessee's been tested so far in SEC play. I My best bet of the day is, is Tennessee – or not, excuse me, is Kentucky. He said it, folks, Tennessee. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, again, AJ, best Kentucky. Bet, best bet, Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, AJ, best bet, Kentucky. Brad Powers, strong light, Kentucky, sleepy. Tennessee. I think you guys, I think you guys are out. Dave Esler, Tennessee. By what? the way, uh, if you're looking, and I know Sleepy, you like the totals. This game got it's gone under four of the last five of these times of pl- these teams have played. So that's something to keep an eye on too. You know, the only thing that concerns me about that is the fact that because you mentioned the offensive rebounds for or, or the rebounding for Kentucky, Tennessee number two in the nation field goal percentage. I don't know how many rebounds they're going to get, but Tennessee doesn't shoot a lot of threes, so I'm just wondering if they just pound the ball inside and they're just getting open looks because a very good assisting team, number one assisting team in the nation, it seems that they just create the highest percentage shot, so I would agree with you with that, but as far as the rebounding thing that you might be looking at here with Kentucky, uh, I'm not sure you're going to see a whole lot of missed shots here from Tennessee. Well. Also realize Tennessee built that that reputation playing against a bunch of bummy teams. Kentucky's the the best defense they'll see all year. They're the eighth best defense in the country. I, I don't think that Tennessee's going to be getting a lot of open looks like they have been against the Mizzou's and the Texas A&M's of the world. I think the number one team's a lot better than a lot of people think. So you and me, Sleep, you're going to have another bet here? Yeah, what's the money, money line? line? You know what? I'll have, we'll get a fair price. You want to you name give the me book? A, you give me a fair price. You on name the six, me the book, and we'll just bet it. Yeah, you give me a fair price on the 16 and a half for the last game with Duke, so okay. I'll, I'll give you a, a you know, I'll, we'll chop a nickel off. Yeah, I'm guessing 125, 130, probably. Again, best bet, A.J. Hoffman on the Wildcats. I also like the Wildcats. Again, Dave Essler and Sleepy on Tennessee, and me and, Tenet, me and Sleepy have a money line bet on this one. I'll get you a fair price, Sleepy, as always. This isn't RJ here. Let me grab the green button. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. All right, one last game, guys. Sunday action. The Sunday game. Yeah, Sunday. we we got to give you some action on on every day, and this one deserves it. you you got a top uh, 15 team playing. you got the Buckeyes fresh off a loss. They just wrapped up this game. As we're doing this podcast on Thursday evening, the Buckeyes go down at home against Illinois. The Buckeyes were a sizable favorite in that one. 
Shocking loss there for the Bucks. They're at number 11, Michigan State. We'll call this line 12 and a half. The Buckeyes, you got to downgrade them after uh, the loss against Illinois. I'll let uh, AJ cl- close up shop here as far as uh, the last game goes. Uh, what's your leaner like here? Yeah, I had Illinois in my package today on pregame. Even I didn't expect them to lose outright. Uh, uh, Michigan State, 8-2 and two in this series against the spread the last 10. The computers, they still love Michigan State, despite losing three straight. Uh, the, the, you know, they've, they've won two since, but they lost those three straight games. One to Indiana, one to, uh, to Illinois, but both teams outside the top 40 in Ken Palm. Ohio State, though, 3-7. and seven against the spread in conference play, and they are the ultimate lamb killer in the Big Ten. They are now five and two, or yeah, five and two against Big Ten teams with a sub 500 conference record. That includes the game tonight. That's straight up. Zero and five straight up against teams with a better than 500 record in conference. Uh, Ohio State. They the first game they played against Michigan State, they only turned it over five times. And Ohio State's got the worst turnover margin in the Big Ten. They still lost by nine at home. Uh, And there was no Langford for Michigan State then either, so that's not a factor. He wasn't there for the first one. Sparty's 18-7 and against the spread overall. One of the best marks for for these, at least for pricey teams, for a team that's been hovering around the top ten all year. 18-7 and against the spread's impressive. 11-3 and against the spread since Big Ten plays started up. They average eight more rebounds per game than Ohio State. Ohio State, this is the, the biggest dog game that they've had, if this line is correct, at minus 12. Uh, their, their biggest their, their biggest line to date, they were plus nine against Michigan. They lost that game by 16. Sparty's average margin of victory in their 11 Big Ten wins, 15.3 points per game. They are blowing out the bad teams in the Big Ten. I lean Michigan State minus 12. I'm on the other side. You make a great point, though. I think your handicap's going to be a little bit stronger. Uh, I did mine a little bit earlier before the Buckeye loss against Illinois, but maybe we'll catch a little bit more value now. I thought the Buckeyes were starting to turn a corner. They had that bad stretch where they had, what, six straight losses? Uh, they, in their last five games prior to Illinois, they were 4-1. and one. L- Looked like they were getting back in, into their groove like they were early in the season. And I just thought, you know, an Ohio State team normally not catching – big numbers they will be here i mean ohio state to put this in perspective uh nine times only nine times in the last decade has ohio state been a double digit underdog and they'll be one here especially after that loss against illinois Uh, michigan state obviously i mean we talked about their previous game on the podcast i faded michigan state i liked wisconsin and obviously michigan state came away with a very impressive road win although I mean, Wisconsin missed some foul shots at the end. Very, very bad last couple of minutes for the Badgers not being able to score. Second game in a row down the stretch, Wisconsin having issues scoring uh, in the closing moments of a game, and they go down. But Michigan State impressed me there. Just a lean for me to close it out here uh, on Ohio State plus the the 12, 12 and a half. And again, AJ's a lean Michigan State. And Sleepy, you know, I, I forgot about this. You hate the Big Ten. You, and I, I don't throw around the word hate too much. I, I'm a lover, Sleepy not a does, fighter, though. but you hate the Big Ten? No play for you? I hate the Big Ten. Wow. I, I like to make money, so I don't care what conference it is. Yeah. Yeah. So n- nothing on the Big Ten. At least I got to give Sleepy credit. I mean, and, and I'll say this. 
if you're trying to handicap, what is there, like 34 conferences in college basketball, Division One, yeah. uh, <laughs> you need to skip a few conferences if you want to win long term. Uh, so I used to like them when I lived on the East Coast. But now I have to get up extra early out here at like nine o'clock in the morning. It's like, I just want to sleep some through some of these games, so uh, I just don't have the time really. But you know, to be honest with you, I haven't had great results uh, with with the Big Ten, so uh, I'm just starting to take up the notion that I just hate the Big Ten and I'll sleep I in. I tend to skip the Big Sky Conference myself. See, I used to like that guys. one. Yeah, <laughs> Eastern Washington, Idaho's. Yeah, they were there. There's some good conferences. Yeah. yeah, I've been playing way too much Big West Conference this yeah, that's, season. That's Lady's wheelhouse. That's big West. Yeah, yeah, Big West. You guys in your Big West. Ugh. Give me all all the UCs and the CSUs. That's what I'm looking for. I get confused with <laughs> the teams, let alone the handicaps. <laughs> no big, not too many Big Wests for Brad Powers. Uh, any closing thoughts here? Nothing big picture. The guys got to get to their significant others. Again, we're taping this on Valentine's Day evening. Any closing thoughts uh, on this one? No. Hopefully we get back on the right track, and then you can you continue to throw heat. So I'm I'm excited. I feel good about the the card this weekend, and and I feel like we've uh, we're onto some some nice ones here. I like that we've got we've got some agreement on some of our biggest plays, and disagreement are on the ones that we were sort of ho hum on anyway. Other than the Kentucky game where. Uh, where Dave and, and Sleepy seem to be going at us. So I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that you're a little bit richer next time we talk, Brad. Absolutely. And again, recapping a best bet for me, Kansas State minus three, buy prices up to minus five. For A.J. Hoffman, best bet, Kentucky minus three. Your buy price is up to five, right? Yes, sir. All right. Best bet, Kansas State and Kentucky for A.J. Hoffman. You can follow him on Twitter at A.J. is the real for Sleepy J, who you can follow on Twitter at Sleepy J underscore pregame. I'm Brad Powers. This was the College Basketball Dream Podcast, edition number four. We'll be back with you guys on Monday morning. Enjoy your weekend.